Welcome to the Behind the Scenery podcast with Tom Spate. Welcome to this edition of Behind the Scenery, the podcast which gets under the bonnet of the arts and culture scene here in Cumbria. And this month we're based at the recently renovated Old Cumberland Pencil Factory here in Keswick. It's quite a place and we'll find out why Evan, the Eden Valley Artistic Network, have taken up temporary residence. But in the next 25 minutes or so, I'm also taking you to Carlisle, to the second historic quarter arts festival, to Lanacost in northeast Cumbria, to the annual Craftsman in the Priory exhibition, and to Alverston and the Coro, or Coronation Hall to give it its proper title, where we'll find out why there are giant tentacles flying from the entrance and why Swifts matter. And then come the Swifts from Cameroon to Cumbria to nest in the walls of my house. Four pairs, five pairs, six pairs. A kaleidoscope of Swifts bombard the house, sooty wings folding as they slot into gaps in the slate. With me standing outside the old Cumberland Pencil Factory here in Keswick on this beautiful sunny morning is Simon Wally. Uh, Simon, what's your position at Evan? How do you describe yourself? Um, well, I'm one of the founders and the, one of the directors. We're a CIC, Community Interest Company. I mean, before we delve into Evan and what it is, describe to me where we're standing. Well, we're, we're in, the mid, in the middle of Keswick. It's beautiful. It's a super sunny day. And we're just outside the what was the old Cumberland Pencil Museum. Very much an Art Deco building been renovated by the Keswick Ministries um, as an arts venue, as a venue for their convention, which they have every year. And you said it was the old Cumberland Pencil Museum. Was it the factory or was it the museum? It was the factory, actually. The museum's just behind us, away to our right here. This was the factory where all the pencils were made. And it's a beautiful Art Deco building. It's actually vast, isn't it? It must be one of the biggest buildings in Keswick. And it's a lovely white and light blue colour. And uh, lots of bunting around at the moment because Evan are hosting... An arts festival here. Yeah, we're, we're hosting a, an arts event here for three days called Factory. Um, obviously, we've taken the name there from the building. Um, we're sort of an experiment for us. It's the first time we've come to Keswick. It's the first time we've put on an event in August. Um, local artists exhibiting their work and also musicians performing. Um, Evan's very much about that combination of local artists and musicians. Um, so there's 14 artists here. We're just entering the building. Yeah. And we pass an hour open studios event, which is... September the 3rd to the 18th. So Never just, a dull moment. We've just got the brochures out for that. All right, and we're just coming into the entrance of the, of the old factory now. It's like a really industrial um, kind of vision around big white girders. You can sort of imagine the industry going on here all those years ago. And playing on the screen there is a, a lovely film called Lakes Meditations. What's that about? That's Dave Camlin. I think a few people in, in uh, Cumbria will know Dave Camlin. He sort of organises community music, music. So he's done this uh, meditation, beautiful um, video of the lakes. All right, well, we'll just go and wander towards it. And while we're doing that, tell me a bit more about Evan. I've heard of Evan. Uh, I know it's been around for a while. What's its, what's its raison d'etre? What's it all about? Um, well, we established about uh, six years ago now, really, so just to give opportunity to local artists, grassroots artists, to perform, to exhibit their work. Um, we felt at that time, and I kind of asked a few people around but there wasn't quite the opportunities. There's lots of opportunities, but we just wanted to create more opportunities for grassroots artists to meet with the public, to engage with the public, to be more visible. 
um, and therefore to challenge themselves about taking their careers forward. And a whole range of different arts? Yeah, interestingly we started with about 40, we're now up to about 170 artists across the whole of the north of the lakes. In the south of the lakes there's a, a great network called Green Door, so we're kind of just across the north. And all the arts mediums, yeah, right across painting, photography, um, jewellery work, um, ceramics, music, as I said, musicians right across the board. Yeah, textiles, and that's just some people you can hear coming in behind us. And you're an artist yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a photographer. Um, well, part-time photographer. I've just, I kind of always done it. I think one of the difficulties is for people to make a living as an artist. But yeah, I'm a wildlife photographer. Magical realism is the kind of way that I work. And that's kind of finding the magic in the everyday, in nature and wildlife. All right, well, we'll be back with Evan here at the um, Old Cumberland Pencil Factory shortly. But first of all, time to visit Carlisle, where the second historic quarter arts festival has recently been launched. It's a chance for the area to the north of the cathedral in Carlisle to show off its artistic credentials, knit businesses together and run a visual art competition too. But of course, a festival doesn't just happen overnight. Someone's got to put it together. My name's Helen Statham. I'm one of the directors of Intro. And what is Intro? Intro, we do uh, PR and social media and interesting content and pop-ups. Okay, and we're in the gallery here in the centre of Carlisle, opposite the cathedral, which is a space that's used for all sorts of different things. And tonight is the launch of a new festival. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's the launch of Historic Quarter Arts Festival um, and our event is basically a showcase of some local artists, both professional, well, kind of professional and amateur and everything in between, um, kind of showcasing their work in the Historic Quarter, not only here but um, at various venues around the Historic Quarter. And what's the purpose of the festival? The purpose of the festival is to kind of, well, one, show the amazing artists that kind of, uh, that live and work uh, in Carlisle and Cumbria. Um, another is to kind of showcase the businesses that are part of this amazing community. And um, yeah, another thing is to kind of celebrate Carlisle. This, the theme this year is Carlisle 2022. And the work kind of looks at the different ways that artists have kind of been inspired by that theme. The Historic Quarter has had some tough times in recent years. It's part of the purpose of this to try and knit it together and to try and get people to come to this part of Carlisle. Yeah, definitely. It's all about, you know, coming to somewhere that maybe you walk through to get somewhere else or you don't end up spending any time here. Um, you know, there's going to be artwork on display in windows, um, not just in windows, but actually in different businesses. Um, so, yeah, it's all about taking another look at the historic quarter. I'm Alyssa Saha. And you're? 14 okay. years old. And we're standing next to your picture, Melissa. Would you like to describe it to people that are listening? Mm -hmm. It's the head-on view of the cathedral. And I've tried to stand as far back when I was taking the picture to get the full like environment around it as well. And what made you decide to paint that? Um, I was walking around near the cathedral to try to think of what to paint because I wasn't too sure what represents Carlisle as a whole the best. And I decided to stick to what we're representing and decided to do the cathedral. So I tried to get something that you can tell is the cathedral as soon as you see it. 
tell me why you entered it into a competition or into this this exhibition. What was your thinking? Um, I I'm in like a little art group within Carlisle, and they like post information about lots of different competitions. And this one was a local competition, so I was quite interested in that because normally when I take part in competitions uh, throughout like the whole country, the whole UK, or even globally sometimes. So something quite local was really nice to see. So is, is being an artist something that you want to do, you know, for the rest of your life? I think so, but I'm leaning to something creative, but I'm not sure exactly yet. Fourteen-year-old Melissa Saha there with a beautiful painting. And the festival in Carlisle is on until September the 2nd. Well, I'm back here at the old Cumberland pencil factory and I'm just going down the steps into the ex exhibition room where I can count about uh, 14 different artists exhibiting their wares. There's all sorts of paintings and there's drawings, there's some ceramics, uh, some beautiful um, pottery as well. Really stunning, some quilting, really stunning quilting here too. People working and showing off some photography there. Um, people... Lots of, lots of buzz here, actually. People here really enjoying themselves coming in from Keswick Town Centre. But I'm just going to speak to somebody who knows a bit more about this than I do. Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm Maggie Toner Edgar. I actually have been involved in arts all my life and um, I'm always looking for new ways to help people with their um, livelihood as artists. And so how did you come about coming to the old Keswick Pencil Factory as a venue? Well, it's... It's funny, really. It's, well, it's gone on a long time trying to find the right venue. So when you're in Carlisle, there's a couple of big ones, and down, you know, there's Regged and there's some down in Kendall. But we don't really have anything on the west coast that is exactly right, and we la people don't go that far, you know. Far, car parks are and you're Cockermouth-based, aren't you? I'm Cockermouth-based, but I'm actually from the west coast as a child, um, and I think there's some fantastic artists that way, and just it's really nice, you know, to sort of give people. A chance to see what local artists can do, you know, in Cumbria, because I think people are attracted to this county because they have a love of the the landscape, for instance, like the environment, and and they just want to live a life that is sometimes a slower or more creative life. So there's quite a few of them, you know. And speaking of creative lives, uh, you know, this this building was a factory, oh, yeah. and now it's been used. Well, it's just recently opened, and this is a really interesting use of the space. Um, do you know much about the building? Well, I remember it as a child. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do, yeah. And it was... It, well, the amazing Pencil Museum next door shows the history. So if you go in there, it's fascinating. There's an enormous pencil that talks about the graphite um, mining. Um, so it is... It's a, I mean, the whole Lake District was a factory, wasn't it, with axe mining and graphite and all the minerals and, and rocks and everything. So it, it's had all that history... And then when I was a kid, I remember thinking of it as like this really special place, you know, which was like the home of art, in a way, because it was the basic technology of art, the pencil. And then... So we've gone full circle? Yeah, in a way. And it is phenomenal. It's an amazing place to have worked, to do creative things. I could imagine lots of creative people working in here. All right, well... To another exhibition now, to Lanacost and the beautiful Craftsman in the Prairie exhibition, an annual event which seems to be growing stronger every year. I went down on its opening night to start my Christmas shopping just a little bit early. 
I'm Tricia Mennell. I'm one of the core group organisers of Craftsman at the Priory. We're every year. We're here for the last 44 years. And here we are at the opening evening. What's 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 the ethos, ethos of Craftsman at the Priory? What are you trying to do here? Ethos is quality. Quality, uh, individuality of exhibitors' work. We don't like to sort of get run-of-the-build stuff. It's much more of an exhibition than a, a fair, if you like. Um, we carefully vet all our exhibitors and we aim to put on a really good quality show every year. And so far, I think we've not disappointed. Um, what what are the things that have taken your eye here this year? Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? <laughs> Where do I start? I would buy every basket in the room for a start and some of the, the knitwear and, and some of the paintings. And uh, there's a lot of jewellery that I would love to buy. I think there's something for everybody, actually. There's wood. All the men stop at the wood right at the beginning. Um, we've got textiles. We've got glass. We've got uh, paintings, lino cuts, candles. We've, we've got all sorts of stuff. There's something for everybody. And actually, the small things for Christmas stockings as well as... 1,500, 2,000 quid stuff. And would you describe a lot of the artists here as sort of semi-professional artists? How would you describe them? Well, that's a hard one, actually. Some of the, a lot of the artists here are professional artists. That is their livelihood. And a lot of us who are semi-professional, if that's what you would call it, because we have other jobs also, but there are a lot of artists who are actually professional. That's all they do. So it's a mix. And the Dacre Hall, which is where the exhibition is taking place, is a special place in itself, isn't it? It is. It's the oldest village hall in England, for a start. Um, if you were able to see it, which you can't, you'd see magnificent vaulted ceiling with beams from goodness knows where. Edward I ruled England from here for a short time when he was in Cumbria, so that's its claim to fame. Um, and it's an absolutely beautiful building, stone walls and a very nice new wood floor. And it's got atmosphere and bucket loads. It's brilliant. Yeah. You're one of the artists here. Describe what you do and describe your art to me. I'm a photographer. Um, some people don't believe that when they see my work because actually it doesn't really look like a photograph. Um, I'm an abstract photographer. Really, it helps to clarify it. I do. Um, I use a technique called intentional camera movement, which some people think makes me look like a mad woman standing on the shores of Ellswater waving my camera like a lunatic but what I'm doing is actually using slow shutter speeds to get, get movement into the picture so they end up very abstracted from reality you get the colour and you get the line you get the contours and the lines but you don't really get what you're seeing which is if I could paint I would paint I can't so I use the camera as a, as a paintbrush Hello, I'm Carolyn Marr and um, I make ceramics. Tell us a bit about your ceramics, which I can see in front of me. I can see about 20 pieces in front of me of different colours and yeah. shapes and textures. Tell us about it. Yeah, so there's two main strands, really. There's um, sculpture, and a lot of that is made out of solid pieces of clay. So it's like a carving technique that I use, and it's all abstract. And then I make um, things on the wheel as well. So I've got lamp bases and vases and little pots and things like that. So. And some of them are quite small and some of them have nice light shades with them as well? Yeah, yeah. I make up the light shades from, um, from a kit and, uh, because I couldn't find any shades that I like to go with the lamps. So I think they go quite well. And, um, yeah, I kind of don't like making the same thing over and over again. So um, I'm always pushing new directions and uh, going down new avenues. And you're one of, I don't know, 20 artists involved in this exhibition, which has been going on for some years now. It must be nice to be part of that group and to know that the quality shines through in all of the, all of the work here. Yeah, it's always a real pleasure to see it all coming together. So we had set up yesterday and because i'm one of the core members of the group i've been involved in selecting the other artists that are involved here today 
and um, it's just really great to see it all come together when you've been planning it for the best part of a year so so yeah we're really pleased with uh, how it looks Carolyn Ma there, one of the artists at Lanacost. And the craftsmen will be waiting for you at the Priory with their wares until August the 30th. Back here at the old Cumberland Pencil Factory in Keswick, I've joined uh, by one of the artists who's showing here. My name is Lucy Hughes and I'm a professional artist. What sort of artist are you? Well, I do graphic and abstract art uh, combined with my husband and I do beadwork, woven beadwork that is uh, very, very unusual. Um, I use beads from across in Japan so that they fit together and it's very textural. It's very difficult to describe on a podcast but inspired by um, abstract art, Paul Klee, Kandinsky, that kind of thing. It's very colourful. And we're surrounded by your art behind you which is um, hanging on beautiful black screens. Um, there's a seahorse here. Could you like a seahorse? The seahorse is amazing. So it's a round, yeah, it's, it's about 10 inches in diameter. It it's is. Around. It is around. We've made it to look like a porthole. So you're looking out through a porthole of a submarine or a ship and you've got the seagrass behind that has been painted. We've painted the actual roundel as a porthole and included little studs around it. So those are the... It does look just like yeah, a porthole on, on a submarine. Yeah. And the actual seahorse itself, which is perhaps six inches long, it's made of these beads that you were describing. It Tell is. me how you do that. Um, I bead it together with thread. It's a very, very fine thread because the beads are incredibly small. Um, they're about 1.2 millimetres okay. in, in maximum size and they fit together really neatly and it's a, it's a lovely medium because it's very relaxing. Um, it's actually used as therapy for some cancer patients, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's very, very interesting and it, what better thing to do than sit at the TV and do nothing. This is really good. So I designed the, the overall picture, the overall scheme and uh, create myself a pattern. And it's very colourful. Um, some of the beads I use are gold-plated. Some of them are silver-lined, so that they glitter. And others I make more matte as well. So it depends on the style and what you're trying to create and develop as, okay. as an artist. OK, yes. and it must be nice as an artist to be sharing and hopefully selling your wares in a group collective exhibition like this. Does that, does that help? Absolutely, absolutely. It's the strength of everybody coming together, everybody chipping in, doing what they can as well, and having the network. Yes. All right, Lucy, well, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you for showing me your art. Um, finally, this month on the podcast, I'm taking you to Ulverston and Incredible Journeys at the Coro, a brand new exhibition all about animal and human migration. You can't miss the Corrie right now. It's got four huge inflatable tentacles flying from its entrance. And I was invited along to the exhibition's very busy opening night. My name's Beth Kennedy and I'm the director of the Corrie. The exhibition's called Incredible Journeys. Um, it's themed around the migration of animals and humans. This is something that we felt is an important topic to talk about because of some of the various movements in the world, political movements at the moment, some of the experiences that different countries are facing, but also to tell the stories alongside the more joyful stories of animals and um, the types of movements that, that are made and have been made since the beginning of time. We haven't really pressed the message about climate change, but that is in our minds always in the background, the threats 
to, as I say, those things that have existed since the beginning of time but are actually slowly changing and some of the artists have picked up on that as well. So it's a really mixed exhibition in terms of its content um, and in terms of the artists who have responded by creating that content as well and that's 11 different artists who have been commissioned to create pieces for the exhibition. Pick out a few highlights of that content for me. I'm sitting next to the mandala on the floor that you can see in front of me and it's just the most incredibly striking thing, one of the most incredibly striking things I think I've ever seen. It's a circle on the floor that is made of individual pieces that look like they're made of a sort of porcelain or even bone. Um, the different shapes are radiating out from the middle um, and the types of shapes that I can see are bones, um, leg bones and hip bones. I can also see children's shoes, um, dinghies, um, grenades, guns and pieces of driftwood. And this piece is called Migrant Crossings and it's a piece that is talking about the perilous crossings that we sadly hear all too much about in the news and it's just stunning and chilling at the same time um, so it's really something to behold. It's a real centrepiece in this upstairs room um, on this opening night. Um, lots of people here, um, lots of conversations taking place. Now downstairs there's some wooden huts with four different pieces of work in there. Sort of describe some of those for us. Yeah, they are four garden sheds. So when we had to move out of the building because we weren't allowed to have people in it through the various um, closures that the, the government put in place, we started to create installations out in the landscape. Um, and one of the ways that we did that was through the use of the humble garden shed and we commissioned artists to create installations that people could enjoy out in the landscape. So these are recycled sheds They're then? quite. <laughs> each shed was always recycled and went on to a new home but we used new sheds each year and this year we brought them in because that's representative of the fact that we have moved back into our building and we're delighted to be back here and to be open and to, to be using the space once again in the fullest way. So, one's, yeah. one's about a tidal estuary I think and the things yep. going on there with, with animals and wildlife. One's, uh, I think, a musical piece to do with Swifts. There's That's quite a right. variety of stuff, though, isn't There's there? There's a real variety of stuff. And one is a light installation. Um, so three of them have got sound pieces that you can put your headphones on and listen to. Um, two of them have got seats and sort of invite you to get quite comfy and spend, you know, a nice little chunk of time in there. But they're each very different from one another and the artists who've created them have each got really personal connections to the pieces that they've created as well, which I think is particularly lovely. I'm Michael Denny and I'm a composer and music producer. Okay, and Michael, you're one of the artists and you've worked in collaboration with a colleague as well. Tell us a bit about what you've been doing and, and where the idea for your piece came from. Uh, so the idea began with my collaborator Simon Sylvester, who his favourite birds are the swifts. Our um, story, our narrative is based around the incredible journey that these swifts go on from migrating. We're trying to decide if they were visitors here or visitors where they go. Or we, all, we kind of envisaged that they came here and that were visitors to us and they used to nest in the wall of Simon's old house. So the narrative of the piece is very much about kind of his experiences of living with the Swifts and that he says he became obsessed with and uh, became kind of his favourite favorite bird. And then the narrative is about kind of moments in his life that kind of are reflected by their journeys. So he brings in elements of stories of his family and um, his experiences of the Swifts at the house. So my, my role in it was then kind of creating a musical sound design sound effect texture 
uh, underscore really that kind of helped support the narrative but equally reflected the sounds of the uh, places which the Swifts may uh, encounter on their migration. We moved to the house in winter, with drafts about our ankles and ice across the glass, hands to the stove. Spring slinks in like a dog, then summer arrives with the sound of screaming. First comes the baby, calling out her name in lungfuls, and then come the swifts from Cameroon to Cumbria to nest in the walls of my house. Four pairs, five pairs, six pairs, a kaleidoscope of swifts bombard the house, sooty wings folding as they slot into gaps in the slate. At dusk they fly in boxes, drifts of swifts that scream around the house in shrieking circles, delirious, racing, demented, scimitars that sing their joy in wild loops, electric loops, feathers stitched to sky and then unspun, undone, gone, leaving only empty air. Okay, so, so that's a really interesting, uh, I guess, tapestry of sound that you've woven together. Um, how, how did you go about sourcing that, those sounds and how did you go about composing and creating it? So all of the sounds recorded, uh, all the field recordings I've made myself, so I have a little handheld personal recorder that goes everywhere with me. <laughs> um, the main one that I needed to capture for this was the Swifts, which was always going to be a challenge, particularly uh, this project is something we've done over the last four or five weeks, so getting that <laughs> pure Swift sound was, was the most challenging one, and, and luckily an Airbnb that I was staying at, the Swifts were circling round uh, one evening and it was just the perfect opportunity and I was just like, ah, grab the recorder. So I got three hours of the uh, of these Swifts uh, flying round and the screeches and the calls. Um, so it was a painstaking process to find the moments where, um, you know, those, those sounds were, were very prominent without background traffic and background noise. And then all the musical textures are made out of you know, various instruments based on the countries that the, the Swifts would migrate over, so the sound of mandolins and the kalimba sounds and there's harp sounds and, and, and the musical texture is made out of, again, abstract recordings of those instruments. My name's R.L. Wilson. I live and work predominantly in Ravenglass and parts of West Cumbria and elsewhere, but mainly Ravenglass. The piece that, uh, that I've made in collaboration with Lawrence Campbell, who's a local artist filmmaker, is called The Fate of the Tidal Mouth, uh, which is largely uh, responding to the area of the Ravenglass estuary, uh, its atmosphere, its wildlife, its kind of human connections, its history. And then we've, we've abstracted a lot of that and we've chopped it up and we've messed around with it and we've put a load of stuff together and then condensed it into this 10 minute looped video and sound piece with loads of various ephemera that we've put into the shed that hopefully evokes this kind of atmosphere of both the 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 video and the sound it should all kind of link in so it's a bit of a trip it's a bit of an experience it looks into the birds journeys in terms of migration but it also looks into uh, human journeys and it looks into your journey hopefully you're going to reflect a little bit of if you can sit there just for 10 minutes or so you'll you'll find yourself drifting in and out and find some resonance for for your place in the landscape and what might make it stay with people that go through that experience 
what will stay with you is some pretty striking images and some pretty uh, beautiful, I, mean, I hesitate to use the word beautiful, but, but some really interesting at least sounds uh, and, and evocative sounds and images that are really, some of those things, whilst they may not always make sense on a linear level, will stick with you, will definitely stick with you. Incredible Journeys at the Coro in Ulverston is on until August the 26th. You've still got time. Well, thanks to everyone I spoke to for this month's Behind the Scenery, including all the people here at the Evan Exhibition at Old Cumberland Pencil Factory. Do contact us on email if you want me to visit you via hello at cacn.co.uk. And of course, the website is www.cacn.co.uk. And you can find out all about the Cumbria Arts and Culture Network at that website. And do spread the word and share the podcast on social media, please. Next time, Dan Ibbotson's brand new sculptural work at the Mertz Barn in the Langdales, amongst other things. Do get in touch if you want me to get behind the scenery where you are. Thank you for listening to Behind the Scenery, the Cumbrian Arts and Culture Podcast.